guess what? It's on the Movie Front Podcast time with Robert. And Michael. So, what number episode are we on now? 19. 19? Hmm. That's a good number. That is a, a fair number. That's pretty good. I liked it. <laughs> Alright, so, it is a Monday. Monday. We seem to be podcasting a lot Steady on Mondays. On Mondays. Right. But now that we've said that, <laughs> uh, we just we screwed <laughs> everything ourselves. Up. We just screwed everything up. Um... Yeah, so it is uh, the last weekend, or the weekend that just passed, which Father's Day. Father's Day. We both enjoyed our Father's Day separately. Yes. Because we do not share one father. No. We have separate fathers. <laughs> Different fathers. Because <laughs> we are not brothers, or we do not share mothers. Uh, well, now everyone knows that. I don't, do you think people knew that before? Um, the people uh, listening, yes. I feel like okay, they did know that. Okay. But you never know. You never know. You never know. We got a lot of spam mail, so... Uh, yeah, but no actual emails from the people out there. That's a little in, sad. In the cyberweb I really like reading emails. Probably the third favorite thing to do on the interwebs is to read email. That's just third my opinion. Hmm. My, that's just my opinion. I'd say it's my first favorite thing. First favorite? Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Do you read a lot of email? Yeah. And Not email. always good, but I, when the good ones come, it's all re- It's very oh, enjoyable, so right? Yeah. Okay, good. All right, so we have a podcast episode for you. I'm not going to say if it's good or bad. You're going to decide that after it's over. So we're going to get started with what we've been watching. Now, Michael... For the first time in a long time. In a very long time. I'm usually the one that's slacking. I have not seen a movie. I've been kind of busy. You've been very busy, actually. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. I didn't, like it. I didn't <laughs> like how busy you were. I'm just like, whoa, what's this guy doing? Yeah. So I didn't get to go see anything. Uh, so yeah, but Rob saw a movie. What did you see, Rob? I saw a very crazy film called The Tree of Life. Now, don't mistake it. It's not Tree of Life. It's The Tree of Life. Does that make a big difference? No, not at all. But I just want you to know that because some people have been calling it Tree of Life and it is the Tree of Life because it is not like the Titanic. Oh, okay. So, Tree of Life, the Tree of Life. See, I did it. I did it right there. I would probably, I didn't even get to write a review for this yet. But uh, the Tree of Life is that film by Terrence Malick. He also did films such as Badlands and Days of Heaven. You seen those? No. The Thin Red Line? Yes. And The New World? Yes. Right, but I think it's been a long time. I think The New World has been his uh, last film before this one. And if I'm not mistaken, that might have been in like the 2003 area. So it might have been like eight years ago since he made his last film. But uh, it stars Brad Pitt and uh, Sean Penn and uh, another actress. I cannot think of her name right now. And it's uh, something Chastain. Jessica, I want to say maybe. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to go too far into this film because Mike hasn't seen it yet, and he wants to see I it. Do. I do. I, I've been uh, interested in this film. Right, so I'm not going to go through any spoilers, but like I said to Mike before, I'm, I'm not sure if I can spoil this film. Um, to, to ask me, Rob, what is this film about, it's something I really cannot answer. <laughs> the, the, the only thing I can say is that it is, <clears throat> it is like impossible not to compare this movie to 2001 A Space Odyssey. It is... Those two films are just in an, a completely other realm or genre or style than, you know, the rest of the films that have ever been made in cinematic history. These films are just out there. And, and I'll, I mean, we had our discussion about 2001 A Space Odyssey a couple episodes back, and we discussed it in depth, and, you know, one of the things is that, you know, it, it, it lasted the test of time, and it was very visual, very, uh, it, it, it evokes a lot of emotion, 
there's a storyline, but there's also like, you know, very drawn out scenes here and there. And that is exactly what the Tree of Life did as well. And I mean, we, we discussed, you know, kind of like the five minute, ten minute scenes of like a ship landing in space in, in uh, 2001. And in this, in this, uh, in Tree of Life, there was like a 15 minute scene of volcanoes and like stars and stuff like that. Oh dear. So yeah. And uh, I don't think it's as long as A Space Odyssey. I don't remember how long it is. This movie's only about two hours and 20 minutes, maybe like ten, two hours, ten, two hours, twenty minutes. But you know, it feels a lot longer because of those scenes and basically it, it goes it explores themes of religion and the creation of earth and mankind and you know uh, and, and like spirituality nature the human race every all of these things in one and I mean, obviously directors and writers and just filmmakers in general don't tackle these subjects just because they are <laughs> something that is not too easy to portray in a film and also that you know, the, the general public don't really want to go to a movie and see a film about this. This is why I'm a little surprised that it is getting a wide release starting July 8th, because this is not a film for the general public. I cannot see the masses and just, you know, normal moviegoers going to see this film and saying, wow, this blew me away. And it, it, it's a little bit different when 2001 came out, because that was in the 70s, and just to see the, uh, the visuals and special effects with this film, I, I mean... I remember talking to my dad about this. He was just blown away by the special effects. If we were to watch 2001 now, it's still like, wow, I can't believe, you know, they actually did this in the 70s. But it's no, like, grand feat now to see what they did. So I feel like in the, in the Tree of Life, they tried to do the same exact thing, but they, lo they fell short because there was nothing that was shown on the screen that I was just blown away. Like, wow, how did they do that type of thing? It was... Um, it was different, and obviously 2001 had its sci-fi angle. This had its, this has its like spiritual religion angle to it. And um, I guess I guess I'll just go really briefly into the plot. Well, the only plot that there is, um, this, th these are no spoilers. Right, right in the beginning of the movie, you find out that one of the sons died. It's a family of five. It's Brad Pitt, his wife, um, and then the three sons. The oldest one is Jack, and he's the main character of the film. And um, <clears throat> So you find out in the beginning through a letter that the, the the mother reads that one of her sons dies and she's sad and then I assume she calls uh, Brad Pitt and he, he you see kind of like a, a very mute uh, scene where he's talking on the phone and he gets the news and he's sad as well. You, never in a movie do you see actually like the death or anything but then you kind of get fast forward into the uh, modern times because the, the, the main plot is kind of like in the 50s. So now we're in, you know, modern day time, and we see Sean Penn, who is the old version of the oldest son in the story, Jack. So he plays grown-up Jack, and he has maybe like five minutes, ten minutes on screen, talking about, you know, you know, his current situation. He's kind of like, you know, I still think about, you know, his death every single day. And then for the next like 90 minutes or so, it's just a flashback of, um, of like, you know, the childhood. And mainly the uh, the stage where they're all in adolescence. They're all kind of like I would say 13 years old, living in Texas in the 50s. <clears throat> and it shows how Brad Pitt is like a disciplinarian, but he's very loving to his family as well. And the mom is kind of a, a free will spirit. And um, they always they had this in the beginning of the film. They had kind of had the comparison with nature and a uh, grace and kind of kind of like steered you in the direction that Brad Pitt. His, his parenting style, he was nature, 
and uh, the mother was more of the grace type of parenting figure. And, and you know, there's just a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of themes explored here. And I feel like every single person that watches this film is going to take something different out of it, just because it's a film that really tackles individuals' beliefs. And what I mean, she and, and I have a lot of different beliefs and opinions and feelings on you know a lot of things. And I think you know if we were just you know watching this film side by side, we would probably get a whole different feeling from the overall film, uh, you know, than each other, because <clears throat> it really does. I feel like the main purpose of this film is that it tackles and it, and it you know, displays things that you might not understand or you do understand or what you might believe in or you don't believe in and that's why it, every single person might have a different perspective after they see the entire film. <clears throat> yes, it is a very challenging film, I'm going to admit that. It's, uh, it wasn't easy to watch this and I went with uh, one of my friends, Michael Petrison, and he had no idea what he was walking into and he, I would say, is the typical uh, like general moviegoer, and he did not really appreciate it as much as you know a person who watches more movies or can appreciate the art that it was for. And but he did make a very good point, and I will reiterate what he said. He said, <laughs> he said there has no there there has been no movie that he has ever watched in his life that made him feel as stupid as this movie. Because <laughs> he's like, I don't even know what I just watched, Rob, now. And he's like, what was the plot? And I try to tell him, they're really, you don't, you're not supposed to harp, he's not used to these type of films. There's no straight narrative. No traditional film. structure. Right, right. No structure, no narrative. It's just like what you feel while watching this. Kind of like 2001, it's like, you see all, the, you hear all the classical music, and like, what do you feel while listening to this music and seeing these visuals? This was the same exact way, and uh, but then he made an, another really good point that it was kind of like, you know, staring at an abstract piece of art. Like, why do people love maybe a work from Picasso? My my opinion or my you know whatever I get out of this one painting might be completely different from your painting, uh, your your beliefs from that painting, but we can both still like it the same. And that's the same exact. This was an, an a completely abstract piece of art, you know, in filmmaking and in, in movies. And yeah, it was uh, it was quite an experience. I'm glad to have seen it in the theaters because this is you know our equivalent of the 2001 Space Odyssey when that came out. I think in 1977. This is going to yeah definitely test your patience. And but it's it's also going to be it's also going to be I think as well received as a Space Odyssey was. Now, like, just listening to you talk about this movie, it kind of makes me think that maybe this movie, uh, and I, I, I you would never really say this about too many movies, but this movie deserved kind of almost a, uh, a, a prologue, you know, like, or not really a prologue, but kind of like a, uh, a, a forward, <laughs> like a, a, a prepping to the movie, you know, like, you know, I think maybe if they had an advertise, obviously they can't do this because they want as many people to come see the movie as, as possible. Right. But just from hearing you describe it and, like, you know, thinking like, oh, well, maybe someone would say, oh, well, I like Brad Pitt, I like Sean Penn, I'm going to go see this movie. And they would watch it and be like, what the hell was that? I, you know, and walk out of there angry and feel like they've been robbed of their funds I, they, <laughs> in the way they were. So, like, I feel like it, it would have been, it, maybe this movie would benefit from, you know, like, this is, this is an abstract film. Well, even that, just that sentence, this is an abstract film, be prepared to, to just look at the art instead of analyze, you know, or instead of analyzing it or something like that. I completely agree with you. You know, it's going to be 90% of the people that are going to go see this movie are going to feel like they're, they've been robbed and they want their money back because they're not going to 
they're going to be completely like you know blindsided by what kind of piece of art this is. It's not your typical movie at all. Um, have you seen any commercial spots for it yet? I'm not sure if I've seen. I any. have not seen any right. commercial spots. Right, no. we I've saw, only seen saw the like, trailer. Yeah. Saw the trailer, and the trailer really, uh, in itself, doesn't really show you or tell you what kind of movie this is going to be. I just have to say the movie is very quiet. There's voiceovers nonstop, and they're pretty much all whispers. So. I mean, if you ha if you just sit down and you're, see when you go see it, if you sit down and if you realize that there's someone that's going to be talking throughout the entire film, just leave, just leave. Don't even you can't. It has the movie, ha the, the theater has to be dead silent for you to hear everything. Wow. All right. The, the voiceovers or whispers. And even when you hear it, half the time I didn't understand what the hell maybe I'll get saying. those special audio devices. That would be good. That would be awesome, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the movie is very very quiet. Uh, just the slightest, you know, chatterbox in the corner can ruin your experience with this film if, uh, unfortunately, you do have to, uh, someone in the theater like that. But yes, I do totally agree with you. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be surprised. You're right, Brad Pitt, Sean Penn, two big mainstream uh, actors. They do awesome movies, but they also bring in a crowd uh, with their with their work. Yeah. And even though, <clears throat> I mean, they're both very critically acclaimed in, in their acting and all the films they've been in, but yeah, this is... This isn't like their film. This is a Terrence Malick film, and maybe in in but a way see, like, he should have. It's interesting that you say that because, in my opinion, now like I haven't seen all of Terrence Malick's films, but thinking specifically of A New World, like that's a very traditional story. I'm almost the most traditional story you could do. It is, but he like didn't do it like a Disney version of Pocahontas. No, it was I just mean, like, he it was very didn't. slow. No, it was, it, it, it was, it was awesome, but. but but it, it has, I mean, that is just like a straight-up movie. Mm -hmm. Maybe I, a boring one. Some people, I loved it. I, right, I, right. Well, I don't know if I love it, but I really liked that film. Exactly. Um, and yeah, just because he is a, a figure, a director that isn't as well-known as the, the, you know, these generations' directors, yes, people are just going to say, oh, who's Terrence Malick? You know, it doesn't matter. Brad Pitt's in the movie. It's going to yeah. be good. Uh yeah, well, it should be interesting to see how the commercial spots are. I haven't, I, yeah, we haven't seen a commercial for it yet. It makes me wonder why more people haven't tried to, like, make movies like that, though. Like, it, even if it just, like, failed constantly. Like, I, you never hear about, at least big name. I'm, I'm sure there are other movies out there that are similar to this, you know. Um, but you never really hear about them. Right, right. I, uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very daring. It's, uh... And like like what we were just talking about beforehand, like how how much editing went into this work, and how yeah. there might be a six hour yeah, there cut, might be a six hour version of this film eventually that to be released. That's crazy. Because yeah, they were they were they were saying how he just filmed so much, and he keeps on editing down to four hours, to three hours, and finally to the final edit. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, the movie just seems so scattered that I would maybe like to see the uh, the pieces that were cut out to see if it made more sense than it should. Or that it, <laughs> that it showed, <laughs> at least. Um, but is, yeah. this, is this a movie you feel like you know he had his ideas and then he went and filmed everything and then kind of sculpted it, or do you think like he knew what he wanted as a final out, like what he really wanted? I don't think he knew. I think he filmed. I think he had an idea, and he and he just had a lot of ideas. So he filmed it all, and then in the editing room, I feel like he kind of had to chisel that you know rock. Until he had his completed sculpture. Do you feel like that that's lazy filmmaking? Um, I think maybe in a way it is, but not for this film. I'm like, if you, if you, <laughs> there's no way he could have had a, a distinct idea 
of how to do this. There's so many jumps, flashes, and it's just random crap. Seemingly random crap, but you know everything Terrence Malick picks out in a scene, you know, should be there, and he he has a reason for it. Doesn't mean that anyone else is going to understand it, but. The only reason I bring that up is just because, like you know, like you make a, you make a lot of comparisons to 2001, and I feel like that movie is a movie that has a very clear direction in it. Right now, I mean, I don't, may not fully understand the film. I don't think anyone really does, and I think it is left open for interpretation. But when I watch that film, it seems clear to me that Stanley Kubrick knew what he wanted. He knew where it was going. And uh, that, to me, seems a lot more impressive um, as a final product. And even though I haven't seen The Tree of Life, I'm just, you know, going off of what you're telling me. Right, right, I agree. So um, I, just w- I, I just wonder, I mean, like, obviously you have to make that comparison because structurally there's, they're similar. Um, but, you know, do you think this is on... Do you really think it's on par with that film? I'm thinking I did like uh, 2001 better. I feel... <laughs> I don't know, like, 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 I got 2001, for the most part, like you said, like, maybe I didn't understand everything, but it had a story, and I would say 2001 Space Odyssey was a thousand times more linear in narrative than The Tree of Life. The Tree of Life, you, you know, you have your portions where there's actually, you see people, and there's dialogue, and there's, you know, things moving forward, but what did that really, like, I don't, I'm not. I'm not positive. I don't. I'm not positive if I actually get the Tree of Life yet. Gotcha. Uh, 2001: Space Odyssey. I. I feel like I got the gist at least. I got a little bit of it. Tree of Life. I'm just like, okay. I felt a lot of feelings, but I'm like, what was he really trying to say? And I think, in a way, um, you know, that that's just the open to interpretation part. There's really not one thing to feel. Uh, it does have a lot to do with your religious beliefs and you know the different different beliefs. You're gonna get different things out of it, but it was it's impossible for anyone to say that this wasn't a beautiful film. It's beautifully shot, beautiful everything. It's just everything so carefully edited and done to its final product. And yes, I mean it's weird. Yes, <laughs> but it was a great film. Um, if I were to rate it, I mean I gave 2001 a 95. So I'll. This is going to be a couple notches below that, so I would have to give this, I would say, a 90. Really? It was uh, it was definitely a movie I, I need to and want to watch again, so tell me when you go see it. I might have to go see it with All you, right. although, I mean, it's it's probably going <laughs> to... I don't want to see it with like too many people. We'll have to hit up at 10 a.m. or something. Yeah, well, that's, how I, <laughs> that's how I roll. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, I definitely have to see this movie again, but it's just like, I feel like so much that I missed after watching it the first time. Okay, cool. And, okay. All right, so we're, we're going to take a short break. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to be back with some movie news. Movie news. All right, so stay tuned. We are back. Sorry, I don't know why I yelled. Yeah, you were like really emphatic, like we are back. I wanted to scare the listeners. I think you did actually. Wait, wait, wait. All right, so we got some movie news. Movie news. I don't think we did this last week. We didn't um, do this last week. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, first and foremost, uh, get it? Foremost. 4D. 4D. I don't know if you heard, Michael. Have you heard this? No. Did you read this? I read this on the uh, the slash film, and apparently, uh, they're make they're they've been. They started this technology of 4D movies. Now we we hate the 3D movies as much as we. Uh, what does that mean? That means not only 
does the movie play on screen and you have glasses that things jump out on you, but maybe your seat will rumble. Well, they already have that down at Disney and stuff. Right, like right, that. but that, they're gonna. That's what they're saying. They're they're trying this out in actual movie theaters, like you know, worldwide type of thing, where this happens a lot more than just. Muppet Vision 4D whatever that Muppet I say I hate those <laughs> I hate those, <laughs> those scare you sometimes. <laughs> with the mice always running around your feet <laughs> I feel like there's always mice <laughs> exactly they I think they, they showed a picture where the, every seat will have like you know a stereo speakers right by your head there's a you know, there's like a spray thing in front of the other chairs just in case you want to get hit with water you know your, your seat might rumble and if they've been uh, they've been experimenting with the smell of vision as well like when there's an explosion you might smell some like you know smoky type of thing in, in, well, the, in the theater cool. I like the smell part <laughs> the uh I mean I think they uh they've been doing this in South Korea I believe really? I forgot the company that was in charge of this and of course no movie has actually you know been shot for for these so it's just basically they've been taking these movies and then this company has been making it so like to, yeah. to to match up with everything that's happening. It's just such a gimmick. It just sounds like such a gimmick, you know. I wonder how much those movies are at the oh scene for the. Oh my god, be like forty five bucks. <laughs> Not worth it. Not <laughs> worth it. But uh, yeah. So the news is that they've been doing this in South Korea and it's kind of gaining some attention. And they've been there. I think they said this year, maybe at the end of the summer, some they're actually start some test screenings in America. I think in LA probably to see how well it goes. And then they're just going to take it from there. So, just something to be, you know, kind of aware of, just to see how this plays out. We, uh, we talk about 3D movies a lot, and there's, there's, there's always different types of, you know, perceptions with 3D movies. Some people like them, some people don't like them. We don't technically like them, but unless they're done correctly, then I wouldn't mind seeing 3D movies. I just feel like there's so many movies that shouldn't be in 3D that are in 3D, and they're just trying to get more money out of it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't need to see Harry Potter in 3D. But, uh, <laughs> but I do want to see it in 2D. 2D. Dizzle. Okay, so that was that. Um, any more words about this 4D? Mike, no. are you going to go? You're gonna, I think it, should, can we watch a movie in 1D? Ooh, what would be one dimensional? A line? A straight line? <laughs> Can I just can I just like up that number to five D? What would five D be? Well, technically, I, I know they're gonna call this four D, but it wouldn't be four. Right, it wouldn't be four. It would be three D with add-ons because I like add-ons. A, a fourth dimension, you can't. I'm not. Yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. Game over, man. Game over. Who said that? Do you know? Pop quiz. Game over. Game, game over, man. Game over. Who in what movie? I I don't know. Bill Paxton in Aliens. Ah, <laughs> aliens? Aliens. I don't think I ever saw the second one. What? Now you just spoiled the movie for me, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> Is Paxton in the first movie? No, he's only yeah, in the second yeah, movie. Yeah, okay. That's why. I remember, I, I did see the first Alien. I never saw Aliens. I can't believe you never saw that. That's crazy. I'm going to watch it. We're watching it right now. Right now? After this podcast. Okay, moving on. <laughs> the next news is... The next movie news is there's word that there's going to be a Les Mis. I don't know if you ever saw the Broadway uh, production of Les Miserables. Not on Broadway. Off-Broadway. No. <laughs> on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. Anyway, yeah, so um, obviously it's a, a worldwide... You know, phenomenon. Phenomenon of a Broadway musical, Les Mis. They actually, they there is a movie. I don't know if you're. Did you ever watch that movie? No. It's like a, like a four-hour but non-musical yes. film, and uh, it, it's about you know the, the the French Revolution, but it's not really the the revolution. It's like a student revolution type of thing, and yeah. So there's been word, and there's been some uh, pre-production works going on, and Tom Hooper, the director. 
of uh, the King's speech and also John Adams, he said he wants to make a Les Mis. I think he's like the perfect choice to make a Les Mis. Um, yeah, I'm sure he Because is. that's like his period yeah. crap that he does so well. It's going to be so amazing, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll marry Tom Hooper if you ask me. You just love his John Adams work. That was amazing. The best But the King's speech is also... Best film of the year. Yeah. So yes, it's Tom Hooper, and then there's uh, there's, been, there's been these uh, casting notes that maybe Hugh Jackman is going to play the lead Jean Valjean, Jean Valjean, <laughs> in Les Mis, and uh, there's no doubt he would be a great choice for it. He he's won Tonys. He uh, he sings and dances. He's a good-looking man. Like why who, why wouldn't you choose Hugh Jackman? He was he would be the only choice I would have for this film. Actually, that's I interesting. I can't think of another person that could do this. I don't Gerard know. Gerard Butler. I'd rather have you, Jeff. <laughs> okay. Well, moving on, moving we're going right to get along. to our uh, best picture. Uh, they changed the best picture nominees, nominations. The criteria. The criteria. <laughs> uh, for the Academy Awards, um, they used to be, well, a few years ago, it used to be five nominees for best picture. Then they upped it to ten nominees. Now they've changed it from anywhere from five to ten. And uh, basically, it's like oh, however many good movies we really feel like there are. Right. There. Uh, th- after the voting is done, the the, pre-li- the prelim votes. Uh, I think a film needs minimum five percent first place votes to even be in the uh, the running. So say there's only you know say there's only like you know six movies that have minimum five percent, then it'll only be six nominees. And I guess they're just trying to throw in more suspense, more you know excitement. They're not going to tell you how many are actually going to be nominated for Best Picture until they announce it, uh, you know, in, uh, in Hollywood or wherever they do this. It's interesting uh, because, I mean, we look at the last two years in the Academy, you know, we kind of said, you know, this movie is really nominated for Best Picture type of thing. It, feel like, it felt like they were, just, you know, it was a re- they're trying to reach out to some movies just to make it ten. Yeah. And, um, I mean, the five that one year kind of seemed a little too small, and then we said ten... You know, we said it. Went, we, we we talked about this when they uh, initially did it. I don't know if it was on our podcast or not. I, it couldn't have been, I guess. But the fact that we thought ten was like way too many. Right. You know, right, why right. didn't they try six out, or you know, or seven, or even eight? You know, but yeah, it went yeah. right to ten, doubling it, which just seemed a little ridiculous. Yeah, they said. Uh, I think the the article said uh, that the average percentage that the first place movies uh, for the past like three years or so got was 20% or 20.5%. So that's rightfully so. It's kind of like, you know, why should a movie even be nominated for Best Picture if it has less than 5% first place votes? So that makes a lot of sense. And just looking really quickly, Sheen, at this, like, the last two years have only been uh, the years where there's 10 nominees. Like, is there easily a couple that you could pick out that said there's no way they, they received 5%? Because they're not going to reveal that information. I would say Winter's Bone definitely didn't get 5%. I would agree with that. Uh, uh, only because I don't think a lot of people saw the movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's still a lot of people who haven't seen the movie. Exactly. That is true. That is true. I don't think I don't think Winter's Bone got 5%. And even the year before, um, I don't know. I'm not sure. A serious I'm not sure man? I'm not sure if District 9 got 5%. I think it might have. I, it was a lot of. I'm people. thinking it was more. I'm of thinking a, a serious man. I don't think got five. I don't think. That, I don't think either. I don't think either. That I don't even think. I don't know. Maybe an education. Do you think that got five? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could like bang out these three movies right there and say they didn't get five percent. Yeah. Because uh, 
these are these are movies more you know these are five percent first place votes remember it's not just like overall votes right so I don't I'm not sure if anyone would think Schindler's Nine was the number one movie of the year I think some I think a lot of people would I I have really? to argue with you on that one really against the Avatar lovers I mean they're the same sci-fi ish oh, I think Schindler's Nine was a lot better film well, I, yeah, if, if I was so, gonna put a sci-fi movie in number one so, I would have put District Nine. Now, you know I would have put Inglorious Bastards that year, but <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Alright. Alright, well, um... I, I feel like I'm missing... That does uh, it. There it is. <laughs> I think that about does it for the movie news of the week, unless Rob has any final comments. No, that's comments. pretty much it. Okay. So we're going to move on to our dumb movie of the week. So what is the dumb movie of the week that we saw, Michael? We saw an awesome film starring all-stars, <laughs> uh... Uh, two mega stars <laughs> in the industry, um, the mega shark versus the giant octopus, and those are the two stars I was referring to. Do you want to go briefly into what the? Oh, people, this is this is a just like, intricate is plot. This? this is a um. It's very basically important. this group of researchers <laughs> um, happens to be in the wrong place at the wrong time when the military bombs an iceberg. For no reason, and <laughs> unleashes Mega Shark and Giant Octopus, who were locked in battle ice ages ago, and uh, they're unleashed into the world to wreak havoc. But essentially, they're all they really care about is fighting each other. Right, right. Yeah, they they've been you know battling out apparently back in the day, and uh, and then yeah, they just got frozen in the ice age. But now, guess what? They're free now. But they don't. They, we we anticipated them to be fighting right off the bat. Maybe throughout the entire movie. No, they don't even like see each other again until the ending. So we're we're stuck with you know the shark just going bonkers on everything that you know he meets and the the greatest scene probably in cinematic history. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Let me just set it up for you. We have a plane midair, <laughs> and we have a guy who's uh, just come out of the bathroom and he's kind of like. You know, afraid of flying or whatever, and the stewardess is like, "Sir, you have to get to your seat. Sir, you have to get to your seat." And he's like, "Okay." So finally, he goes and sits down. And he looks out the window, and you don't see anything. And they cut back to a shot of him. And they cut back to a shot of the water. And they cut back to a shot of him, and he just screams, "Holy shit!" <laughs> and they cut back to a, the shark just engulfing the plane in its mouth. Now, in case you, you're a little confused about how how gigantic this mega shark is. Pretty sure the shark was bigger than this plane, no? Yes. Was it? So Easily. the size of the shark is bigger than this airplane, and not only is it humongous and mega, but it, it can jump. It actually had the <laughs> it had the momentum <laughs> to soar out of the water and bite the plane that was I don't know thousands of miles in the sky. <laughs> Just bite it in half and just take it down with him and just call. Oh, uh, that was hilarious. That was probably the best scene of that movie. It uh, it, they they raised the bar too high earlier. Yeah. There, I mean, you had the giant octopus. If you're unsure how giant this octopus was, it just totally took down like an oil tanker that was in the middle of the <laughs> it ocean. Just pulled it down. For just no pulled it down reason. for no. Yeah, these things just. I they guess don't, maybe it needed more oil to. I guess you know you can't you can't talk to these creatures. They <laughs> just want to kill each other and kill people as yes. well. But yes, there was uh, some ridiculously bad acting in this yes. film. We were very, we were scared of the the one scientist. Oh, the one sky scientist was very creepy. <laughs> he was this Asian guy. He every time he tried to be serious, he just looked like a creepy pedophile. He was and just like maybe 
maybe you want to come back to my room. <laughs> and you're like, oh, <laughs> God, don't do it, and please. And it didn't help. He was talking to this one chick the entire time. And then they actually end up doing, doing it and falling it. in love, like, <laughs> so randomly. It's hilarious. It is. <laughs> I kind of want to watch it again. Yeah, I do right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was super creeper, and, yeah, everything ends up okay at the end. But, yeah, it was it was one of those... Deliberately bad movies, right? It was. Right? It, it definitely. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I hope, hope so. so. <laughs> Jinx. Not that wood. All right. This real wood? I no. You owe me a coke. I know. I just felt like saying that because oh. I thought you were gonna say it. So I, I, I was gonna try to jinx you back. I, I always do the opposite. Knock on wood because like I gotta save myself. But I jinxed you, so it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, moving on. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back and we're just gonna flick chart battle it out for the rest of the episode. Oh man. Okay. We're back for the third and final round of Flick Chalk. Battle, battle, battle. <laughs> yes, thank you, Michael. We are back, and we're gonna we're gonna play some movie games. And the movie game we got in store is the Flickchart Battle. So why don't you just give it a little plug, and we can get going. www.flickchart.com, one word, is an awesome website that compares two movies side by side, side by side. I don't know why I did that. Anyway, and you have to choose which one's better. You're into the echo right now. I like the echo. You not only did you echo me earlier in this episode, but now you're echoing yourself. Yes. A little scary. I'm I'm unsure what's gonna happen. But all right, let's get to it. The first matchup is Who Framed Roger Rabbit versus Men in Black. I I don't (laughs) even. These movies are hard to compare to each other. What are you doing? You gotta do it right now. Mike just totally got up from his seat and. Oh, uh, I thought he was just leaving. I'm protesting. It's okay. It's okay to protest. I wonder if we bring the mic a little closer. Oh, oh snap. Man. Okay. okay. Alright, so, Men in Black versus Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Like, we, we talk about... I mean, we see Men in Black a lot in these, and... I like Men in Black, but I don't love it. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, so you pick that. I would pick Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Just because I really liked... I, I the, like the, that the movie, cartoons so and the live action. Too. It was just like... Really cool. wow. I was, I was going for the coin. <laughs> supposedly they're making a sequel to it. What? Shocker. Say what? Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind versus Ace Ventura Pet. This is Jack Jim Carrey versus Jim Carrey. I think Jim Carrey wins. Oh, definitely Jim Carrey wins. Uh, I'd pick Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless right, Mind. Right, Eternal was amazing. Scarface versus Star Trek. The two S movies. Yes, and Star Trek 2009. Just oh, good call. good call. Okay, uh, Scarface, very good. Very bloody. Yeah. I'm going to pick Star Trek. Really? Yeah. I'm kind of surprised about yeah. that. Like, like you said, I'm going to throw it back to... I say I see both of them on TV. Star Trek was just too much fun to turn off. You know, i got to say this about Scarface. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> You you never told me that before. We always say that it's overrated, but you never told me that you didn't like it. Yeah, you know, it's pretty boring. <laughs> it's a pretty boring movie. Um, it's got a couple Al- iconic Al Pacino scenes is, in it, though. <laughs> of course. And Al Pacino is amazing in the film. But beside that, there's not really a tremendous storyline to it. 
and you just get it's so long it's easily over two hours and I just I don't know I think as far as the, the gangster movies go it's the weakest one so I pick Star Trek Star Trek here we go here we go The um, Matrix versus Zoolander I can't even draw a comparison between these two films so what does uh, that mean I don't know, I was just doing that for the last two. I was like, Star Trek, Scarface, S-movies. Okay. I can't make any comparison right now. But, okay, we got comedy versus sci-fi thriller. Mind trip movie. Um, I'm obviously going to pick The Matrix. You are, obviously? Yeah, I know, you're, you, you don't, you're not a big fan of The Matrix, are you? I like the I like the Matrix series. I've gone, you know, back and rewatched the original Matrix, and it's a kind of slow movie when you watch it. It was mm-hmm. mind-blowing at the time, but I'm not absolutely in love with it. So I'm going to pick Zoolander. Okay. We're going to flip a coin. Yeah. Heads, the Matrix. Tails, the Zoolander. It is heads. The Matrix, Matrix wins. wins. Next is Saw versus 300. Wow. I kind of like this matchup. I like it a lot, too. Um, <laughs> Saw, did you see the first both one. These, did you see both of these movies in the theaters? Uh, yes, I did, Ooh, actually. I like that. Okay, because I did not. And I'm, I'm thinking if that's going to play into my decision. Well, the 300 is definitely a better movie to see in the theaters. I don't. It def. It does not translate on film on uh, DVD as well, unless you got a sick TV, like a home theater. You know, surround sound and everything. This movie yeah. was just like blood was flying everywhere, and it re- visually it was one of the more um, impressive and amazing films yeah. to see. But like you just said, I mean, I think I watched 300 once more after I saw it in the theaters, and I was just like, okay, I could turn this off now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna pick Saw, and here's my reason why. Let's hear it. Both of these movies, in their in, in each of their ways, kind of um, revitalized, I guess you could say, certain genres, part, genres of, 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 of movies. Mm-hmm. Saw really led the way in, uh, in just kind of helping um, I think the it, horror. Did it not create the torture porn genre that, that so many movies followed after it? Yeah, it definitely did. Uh, that's just yeah. impressive in its own right. Yeah, so and that's really why I would pick Saw. I, I also love the first movie. I just think oh, it's so smart, one, one, yeah. and uh, the the twist is just one you never see coming. I feel like Saw just it kind of like blindsided everyone. There's like, wait, you know, there's this movie. I'm not really sure what it's about, but then like it totally just like hit you in the gut right at the uh, right at the ending, and then yeah. like it was creepy. It was just a it's very a movie well-made that takes place in one room. Very well made film. Yeah. I'm going to go with Saw 2. Nice. No, Saw 1. 1. The original. <laughs> <laughs> no coin needed there. We got the Born Identity versus Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. I'm going to pick Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. I'm going to have to agree with you. Nice. Moving on, I'm moving on, moving on. The World is Not Enough, a Bond movie versus True Lies. Anyway, True Lies looking at this, uh, easily wins. <laughs> looking at this poster, I thought I thought this was a Bond movie. <laughs> <laughs> it did look like it. It's just Schwarzenegger's gigantic head with a 9mm next to it. I Am Legend versus Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Now, Home Alone 2 was on HBO the other day. Ooh. And I watched it for five minutes and I liked it. Um, I'm going to pick Home Alone yeah, 2. Yeah, we, we, we discussed before. We were not really big fans of I Am Legend. We liked maybe the first ten minutes. The Wizard of Oz versus Wedding Crashers. Gotta go with the Gotta go Wizard with the Wizard. The Wizard of Oz. School of Rock versus Transformers. School of Rock easily, hands down. Easily. Transformers blows. We've had this discussion. Yeah, we had this discussion. I'm gonna agree. <laughs> almost f- famous versus Chicago. <laughs> Alright, almost famous. Probably, uh... I, I really enjoy that movie. It's kind of forgettable. Though. You think it's forgettable? I don't really remember too much about it. I don't really it. remember Chicago too much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really like either of these movies, <laughs> no? per se. 
Um, I guess I'm going to go with almost... Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to go with Chicago. I'm going to go with almost famous. You know why I'm going with Chicago? Why? William C. John C. John Riley. C. Riley. <laughs> I had a total brain fart. I was going to say William C. Macy <laughs> or something. William H. Macy. <laughs> John C. Riley. All right, so we're going to flip this car. We're going to be heads that for almost and... Tails for Chicago, which is appropriate. Dang it. Heads keeps winning. I think it's the way he flicks the coin. I get the flip. Wow, you're going to blame the flipper. Jerry Maguire versus <laughs> Airplane. <laughs> I'm going to blame the flipper. Oh, man. That's hilarious. Airplane. Wow, you said that super fast. I really like Airplane. Me too. <laughs> wait, but I love wait. me some Jerry Maguire. So what are you picking? Airplane. Oh, wow. <laughs> the way you said wait or wait. Wait? Wait? I said wait. What? The Day times. After Tomorrow or Bruce Almighty. Okay, Bruce, Bruce Almighty. Almighty. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Almighty it is. There's something about Mary versus the Royal Tenenbaums. Royal Tenenbaums. I agree. Woohoo! Hellboy <laughs> versus Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That was the second time for Who Framed. Uh, I'd go with Roger Rabbit again. I agree. Well, we're just breezing through. Oh. Chronicles of Crappia versus V Vent for Vendetta. V. For Vendetta. V for Victory. Pan's Labyrinth versus Blade Runner. Well, we have already discussed that neither of us have can last past the first forty-five minutes of Blade Runner. So it's going to be Pan's Labyrinth, Labyrinth, which is an amazing. <laughs> maybe in a, yeah, maybe someone else could argue better. This is a good matchup. Office Space versus Happy Gilmore. What do you think here, Rob? What are you thinking? Hmm. What this are is you thinking? An interesting matchup. Um, can uh, I get those TPS reports, please? <laughs> Happy yeah. Office Space is a classic. Happy Gilmore is my favorite Adam Sandler. You know, film. funny film. Uh, I would probably just have to pick Happy Gilmore because I've seen it a lot more times than Office. I Space. would agree. Nice. I'm glad you agreed. Forrest Gump versus Training Day. Well, this is an easy one. Training Day. <laughs> just kidding. J.K. Hannibal. Ha- am I saying that correctly? Hannibal. 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 <laughs> no, it is definitely Hannibal. Hannibal versus Hannibal. Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh, I'm going to have to hear this love for Gone in 60 Seconds again. It's a great movie. <laughs> it's not a great movie. It's awesome. It is awesome. I would pick Gone in 60 Seconds, though. Really? Yeah. Okay. Hannibal, I felt like the weakest out of the, the tri- trilogy. Let's do it up. Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> Let's do it up. Borat versus Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders. Don't you dare pick Borat. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare. I love that movie. It's one of my favorite comedies. But Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> you can't beat Indiana Jones. We could if it was yeah, the fourth X-Men one. X-Men Last Stands versus Batman Returns. Now, which one is the Batman Returns? Danny DeVito, so... The Penguin. Is it what are you asking? No, I'm starting to think which Batman this is. Oh, well, who plays Batman? Michael right. Keaton. Plays it in Batman and Batman Returns. So... Was the Penguin the only bad guy in this film? No, Catwoman, and possibly a third person. <laughs> so these are two really bad movies. Is that what we're saying? I don't know. I kind of like Batman Returns. <laughs> I like. I I'm like gonna Danny stick DeVito with Maya. <laughs> these are two really bad movies, <laughs> and I'm just trying to pick which one is less bad. And that would probably be Batman Returns. Nice. Just because you seem to like it a little I bit. I kind of do. Sleepy Hollow versus Mean Girls. I really like Sleepy Hollow. I really like Mean Girls. I'm going Sleepy Hollow. I don't know what Mean Girls. Go ahead, Flipper. Flip <gasps> it. Flipper! Yay. Well, that's head, that's I let him flip it up. because uh, I had the head movie. <laughs> that just sounds ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon versus Total Recall. Total you don't Recall like Crouching kind of Tiger. No. Well, I do. I oh, like okay. it. You think it's overrated? I do. Okay, I'm picking Crouching Tiger. 
What were we gonna say about Total Recall? It's I a cut trippy, you off. Trippy movie. I yeah, go with I don't really I go Crouching Tiger on this one. Die Hard with a Vengeance versus Die. Oh wow, the Die movie. Die, <laughs> die another, another day. day. I don't remember that movie at all, and I love Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> Gustav Graves. <laughs> Who the hell is that? That, that mugshot is hilarious. <laughs> oh, we picked Die Hard, by the way. L.A. Confidential versus Gangs in New York. You were just I watching? I literally was just watching You were just watching that. Um, just because I was just watching it, there are a lot of editing problems with that movie. Hmm? Like, uh, there's a ton of, like, um, you know, like those things where it's like, in this shot he's wearing a, sh- a, a, a shirt, and then they cut back to him and he's wearing a different shirt. I noticed like at least continuity continuity issues, just like just minor things like, and, and like editing snafus all over the place in that film. I don't have no idea why. Hmm. It, it got to be bothersome. Like it it almost happens every like five minutes. There's like really? one to two. Interesting. I think I like Confidential here. I love I like Confidential. That's an amazing movie. That was the best movie that year, I believe. The Wizard of Oz is back against A Christmas Story. Two classics, Wizard of Oz wins. Wizard of the Oz. Interview with the Vampire versus Face Off. Face Off. Face Off. <laughs> I love that movie. Hitcher's Guide to the Galaxy. I never saw that. Me neither. So I don't think we can... We have to skip this one. We're just going to skip that one movie. <laughs> Face Off oh. again versus A Beautiful Mind. Dude, how cool is that poster? Oh, man. I wish we could Amazing. show you guys who's listening. It's Nicolas Cage and John Travolta's face in one. <laughs> That is really creepy. It is. Okay, so Face Off versus A Beautiful Mind. Uh, I think I'd go with Face Off here. I'm really close to going with Face Off, though, I don't know, Beautiful Mind was superb. But I think, yeah, I've seen Face Off more. I just like the movie more, so I'm going to pick Face Off. Alright, let's do one more, Rob. I I think, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wayne's World versus Jurassic Park. What are you thinking? It's gonna be Jurassic Park. Hell to the yeah. <laughs> you like Jurassic Park way too much. Love that movie. Okay, so that was our episode. Thank you for listening and watching us. No one was watching us. They could have been. I'm going to say the info so everyone can get out your pens right now and write this down. This is Michael Sheen's phone number. It two. Is two. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can Facebook us. It's facebook.com slash on the movie front. So please become our friend or become a fan of our page. That's where we put up all of our updates and some even more interesting facts about Michael Sheen. Right? Yes. We're going to start doing that. Absolutely. On the movie front. Okay. And we have an email. So please email us. Not you spammers, but the uh, the real people out there. And try to, like, you know, kind of put it into the subject line, I am not a spammer. So I know that, you know, I, to read and open <laughs> the email. Because we looked at all of them and was like, I don't want to open up any of them. But maybe someone was writing to us and just left the subject blank. Yes. I would hate for that to have happened. Anyway, that would be on the movie front at hotmail.com. We also have our blog where we post all of our crap. And that would be... <laughs> all of our supremely <laughs> awesome stuff. <laughs> supremely awesome. That's otmf-podcast.blogspot.com. Is that all, Michael? That is all for What today. are we going to watch for next weekend? Um, I'm not going to see Green Lantern, because I heard that it got really crappy reviews. I'm going to try and see Midnight in Paris. Ooh, good call. I want to see Midnight as well, and I still really want to hit up X-Men, and I still haven't seen that yet. I hope it's still in theaters. Yeah. Def? Oh, yeah. Def? Most FO shizzle to the show. Alright, thanks guys. We love you. Or we appreciate you at least. (laughs) Bye bye.